Welcome to Know Where to Run with Christopher White. Welcome to Nowhere to Run Radio. My name is Chris. You can go to my website, which is NowhereToRunRadio.com, and you can check out the archives there. You can contact me there. You can also see new features that I've just added, which I'll talk about in just a minute. This is the first episode of Nowhere to Run 2.0. All right. I'll probably edit in some claps and applause later on, or maybe I won't. Um, this is going to be a totally new uh, format. And we at the Frank and Chris Show, which is live every Wednesday nights, are going to go to a new format there. We've dubbed it Frank and Chris Show 2.0. But I thought if we're going to be doing that, I need to go to Nowhere to Run 2.0 over here just to sort of, you know, even things out. So it's going to be a totally new format, going to be doing a lot of things to hopefully uh, be more entertaining, but certainly to be have more information and to be more edifying. So that's the main goal is to to get a lot more done, to be more productive, and that includes not a lot of aimless ranting, although there will be aimless ranting because if I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be ranting aimlessly about whatever it is. So, But it's going to be more structured. I'm going to have little boxes in which to, uh, to rant. So let's go ahead and get started. First thing I want to do is make a few announcements. It's going to, uh, let's first start with the Frank and Chris Show. As I mentioned, we are going to Frank and Chris Show 2.0, but we're also going to be taking a break. So I apologize to those of you out there that are really, um, you know, really like the Wednesday nights, and I do too over there at TalkShoe. Somebody sent a, a message on Facebook that said something to the effect of, oh, no, no, I'm going to have to um, start my Reiki treatments or something like that. Uh, they were going to just go just teetering on the edge and, you know, it one less Frank and Chris show. They were going right to the Reiki treatments. But uh, anyway, um, so that'll be back hopefully pretty soon. I don't have a definite time to give you on that. Um, but it'll be exciting when we do. Hopefully there will be a lot more um, a lot more work getting done, a lot more productivity over there as well. Another uh, announcement will be for the Verse by Verse uh, Bible Teaching podcast at versebyversebibleteaching.com. We are on a one-week hiatus there. Um, my roommate Mike Tater is gone, has gone to uh, to Roswell, New Mexico. He is speaking at the Ancient of Days conference, so that is going to be really cool. He's doing his presentation on uh, sleep paralysis, so that should be very, very exciting and edifying for all the people over there at the Roswell uh, alien thing, because I bet just a few of them probably have experienced that themselves. So, I'm sure that will be an exciting time. It is a shame that he's gone, though, because I've been wanting to do the next episode of Galatians because 
I just got all these commentaries. I went to the local library, like downtown Nashville Library, and they have all these books. Did you know that they have books at the library and that they don't cost you anything and they let you just take them home and read them? It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But what I wanted to say about that was that they also have a lot of CDs on tape or no CDs, books on CD, <laughs> CDs on tape. That's, that's really, really a fruitless operation there. Um, anyway, so they have CDs, books on CD and they have a ton of them, at least in the downtown type library, I'm sure, but it's also searchable online. So if you have books that you've always wanted to read or whatever, you can probably check their website and uh, browse through their collections. And if they have it, then you can go down and get it for free, put it on your computer, put it on your MP3 player. And it's a great way to learn. I mean, that's what libraries are there for. You know, they're they're intended to, like, you know, help people with no money learn. So, you know, might as well utilize them. Announcement-wise, I've got a few more things. I just put up the Sacred Name video. I just put out the Sacred Name podcast, which, by the way... Nobody called me on it, but there were like several, all just little minor mis- mistakes, especially my Spanish. Uh, so I just cut the Spanish parts right, right on out of it. But um, little stupid things, and so hopefully I got all those cleared up as I was doing the video editing. But that's up. One of my favorite projects, sort of begrudgingly. I didn't really, um, you know, I, I don't, I still don't understand what what the deal is with making that one is, but as far as uh, the feeling that I had to make it, but I'm sure it's going to do a lot of good things. So it's out there doing whatever it's going to do. Please pray for it. Please, please pray for the people that uh, do believe that, that it would get to them. Had a lot of fun with the video editing. I figured as a part of Nowhere to Run 2.0, I needed to get some new editing software because I was using uh, one called Pinnacle uh, Studio 12, and it was just horrible i really hated doing video editing because it was just so bad uh but i didn't want to do it because i thought oh my gosh video video editing software is like what like six hundred dollars or something i'm thinking like adobe um what premiere or whatever they use um and i actually did download the, the free trial version of that and to see like okay let's just see what it looks like and and everything but here's the thing i found one that I also thought must have been like a million dollars or whatever, but it's called Sony Vegas. And a lot of you out there that do video editing are like, yeah, but I didn't know it existed. I mean, I knew it existed. I'd heard of it a lot, but I never thought it was like something that I could like do. And it was $44. I still have only done the trial version, but I'm, <laughs> but I am going to buy it. It's so awesome. It is very, very lightweight, which is amazing. I mean, compared to Adobe, I mean, Adobe took like, Five minutes to come up my, my computer, no joke, maybe not quite five months, just to come up. But, um, but I mean, you certainly couldn't be doing anything like have a web browser open in the meantime while you're, you know, getting things from the internet to put in the video or whatever. But Sony Vegas, I, I'd like to to write a love letter to you, Sony Vegas, dear Sony Vegas. Thank you so much for being so awesome, and I just really have this feeling deep inside my heart for you and. You're just so awesome, and the end. And, okay, so Sony Vegas, check, is is pretty cool. But that video is, is live, and I really would encourage you to check it out. It's It really helps the Sacred Name podcast move along. It's really fast-paced, and I'm excited about doing other video projects. Just talked with Russ, Russ Dizdar via email, uh, and had a 
toothbrushing revelation that um, that I should make a video about something uh, with him, and I sent it to him, and he's like, okay, cool. So he's doing some audio for for a new video project, probably a video series that we'll be doing. But what's funny about that is that I just got an email from somebody not uh, a day after I sent that to Russ that said, hey, Chris, I just had it was in my what do you call it a hydro laboratory cha- you know something chamber or something like that and he said you know, aka the shower and he had some epiphany that uh what a really good idea about evangelism um and uh interview with Russ and so it was just funny that we both had I, I had a teeth brushing revelation hygiene related Russ Dizdar revelations about future projects is i guess the the tie in there so uh, anyway, another another huge, big thing that I am really ecstatic about is uh, this morning I went through and fixed a lot of the stuff on the website. I, I Again, I have no idea why what my previous aversion to like spending any time on the Nowhere to Run web- website was. Like I, it was there just for slapping information on and then running away. Uh, but I fixed a lot of the design glaring flaws which is you know that's what i do you know for a living website design so it was just always funny to me that i just like i'd never cared a little bit so i just fixed some of the obvious problems hopefully i'll do a redesign at some point but the main thing that i did with the with that is i put up on the video section um now you can go to the video section it actually works and not only does it actually work but it's really highly functional so i went through and i cataloged all the videos that I made and I have made and put them in different categories linked to the places where you can find them because they're not always on the same channel and they're, you know, tried to try to kind of guide people to where to, where to find them. And of just the videos that I've made of just the different topics that I have done, not playing somebody else's uh, material or, you know, uploading somebody else's video to my YouTube channel of just the videos that I've done, it is like 78 videos or something like that so there's probably a lot of videos on there that you may have missed or something like that that i've done so go to my website nowhere to run radio.com click the videos tab and you're going to see a whole lot of videos that you may or may not have seen before about all kinds of different topics okay so transitioning now like professional people do into another section of the show which i will call random ideas and this is it's just sort of a place to catch a lot of the things that I normally just do at the beginning of the show or at the end of the show, just sort of n- unconnected ideas that I may have jot- jotted down or want to uh, tell you about or whatever. The first one is from Sammy uh, Tanago. I've mentioned him before. I heard him speak at uh, a local church here in town, and his name is, as I mentioned, Sammy Tanago. It's spelled S-A-M-Y, so just one M, and then T-A-N-A-G-H-O. He's written a book called Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend. And I thought I would read a little bit of it because it's an argumentation from an apologetic standpoint that I haven't heard directed towards Muslims before. So it says, Many Muslims mistakenly think and teach that the Quran came to replace the Holy Scriptures of the Jews and the Christians. They are misconceptions that it became corrupted, altered, outdated, or lost. I will briefly address such allegations and provide you with strong evidence to show the contrary. The Quran confirms the previous Holy Scriptures. Many years before the time of Muhammad, about A.D. 350, there was a uniform canon of the Bible. The Quran does not accuse Christians of changing 
the written words of their holy books. On the contrary, the Quran declares that it, the Quran, was given to confirm the previous revelations and not to replace them. Surah 548 says, To thee, Muhammad, we sent the scripture. In speaking of the Quran, in truth confirming the scripture that came before it and guarding it in safety. This confirmation is repeated in the Quranic verses, Surah 2, eight, uh, 2 verses 89, 291, and so on. The Quran testifies that the Torah, the Zabur, and the Injil are the word of God. The testimony of the Quran is not ambiguous. Surah 3, verses 3 and 4 says, And he, God, sent down the law of Moses and the gospel of Jesus before this uh, as a guide to mankind. The Quran references the Torah. Regarding the Torah, we read in Surah 544, It was we who revealed the law to Moses. And when it says we in the Quran, it's referring to God. Um, who revealed the law to Moses, Moses therein was guidance and light by its standard have been judged by, uh, have been judged the Jews by the prophets who bowed as in Islam to Allah's will. Let's see other verses in the Quran that discuss the Torah are as follows. We gave Moses the book completing our favor to those that would do right and explaining all things in detail and a guide and a mercy. We God gave Moses, the book, and followed him up with a succession of messengers, i.e. Jewish prophets. Please refer also to Surah 4, verse 54, and he gives a bunch of references here. The Quran references the Zabur and Injil. Regarding the Zabur, the Quran states in Surah 21, 105, Before this, we wrote in the Psalms, dot, 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 and quotes some Psalms. Regarding the Injil, the Quran declares in Surah uh, 5.46, that Christ confirmed the Torah as true, and that Christ's gospel contains guidance, light, and admonition. It reads, And in the, their footsteps we sent Jesus, the son of Mary, confirming the law that had come before him. We sent him the gospel therein. Uh, therein was guidance and light and confirmation of the law that had come before him, a guidance and an admonition to those that fear Allah. The importance of reading the gospel. Many Muslims think that it is unnecessary to read the Bible. Their opinion contradicts even the Quran itself. The Quran states clearly that all Muslims must follow and obey the teachings of the, Greek, of the previous Holy Scriptures. The following surahs are clear on the subject. Surah 2, verses 136 says, Say ye, we believe in Allah and the revelation given to us and to Abraham and that given to Moses and Jesus and that given to all prophets from their Lord, we make no difference. And it goes on like this. I'm just going to try to speed it up here. He has a really interesting argumentation. He, he, he shows that according to the Quran, all holy books are equal. But then after that, he kind of shows that the Quran considers the Bible preeminent. It says in Surah 10, verse 94, is a command given to Muhammad and all Muslims to treat the Bible as the primary source of enlightenment. If thou, Muhammad, were... were in doubt as to what we have revealed unto thee, then ask those who uh, who have been reading the book from before thee. This verse clearly instructs all the Muslim believers to refer to the Bible when questions arise regarding the Quran's meaning. Meaning, it is clear from this verse that in the event of any doubt about certain revelations in the Quran, Muhammad is commanded by God to consult with the Jews and Christians who have been reading their holy scriptures. So in Surah 10, verses 94, is a command to Muslim to test his truthfulness of his own message by the con uh, contents of the holy scriptures. And then he has a few, uh, actually no more verse on that one. He's, yeah, he does have one more verse on that. And then the Quran recognizes that the Jews possess the word of God and... 
then he moves to the Quran, recognizes that Christians possess the word of God. Then he moves to additional references to the Torah and the Gospels. Early Muslim scholars uphold Bible integrity. Was the Bible altered as some Muslims claim? And he goes on to a lot of the standard sorts of apologetic stuff. And I got to say, that's just, it was kind of mind-blowing. I didn't really know that argumentation existed, but it'll definitely be the route that I'm going to take in the future because this is a lot more loving of a way to, uh, to you know, it's like when somebody's in a cult, you never really help them by just showing that the cult has pagan roots and that the person who started it was a Satanist, and it never works. It never works. Whenever you're sort of bashing the cult leader, that argumentation fails every time with cults because they have protected against that. It's really easy for somebody to say, oh, they're, you know, we're in the truth, and so you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to just be lying about us because you know that's what they do because they're so afraid of our truth or whatever. So it's just, it never really... You know, it never really works. So, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about really quick in the, um, whatever I name this section, is uh, MediShare. It seems like a lot of Christians know about this. So I'm sure a lot of you out there are like, oh, yeah, we've heard about this a million times. But um, it's insurance, okay? And I've had to think about health insurance because I'm getting married and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, health insurance and other insurance. And so... We were looking into different ones, and there is this thing called MediShare. Basically, it's – and I figure, well, with the Obama plan and everything, we have to get it anyway or blah, blah, blah. So anyway, basically looking into this is a really good deal. The only catch is you have to be a Christian, and they're pretty serious about it. You actually have to, like, you know – give your testimony and they got to call your church and I mean they got to they're really you know thorough about it. So if you're a Christian, you can be a part of this. And what it basically is is a bunch of people uh put their money basically into uh a community sort of tank, if you will, and then it just operates sort of like an insurance company. Um, that is when somebody gets sick, it pays for, you know, their bills over a certain point. And that, that, I mean, obviously it has stuff like deductibles and things like that, but this is kind of what it is for, um, for our, you know, me and, uh, my fiance. It was, I think ended up being like something like $300 a month, which is, you know, as to me is like an astronomical amount, but whatever. So $300 a month. But the deductible is like twelve or about two, uh, $1,250 or something like that, which means that in one year, if you, you spend over $1,250, then after that, you, I mean, you every 100% of everything is paid after that. And they've been in business 17 years and have never had anyone not uh, paid 100% of, um, of their costs after that, no matter what it was. Uh, so, and then there is certain restrictions, not in any big things like the doctors and stuff like that. And there are just as many as anything else. You can go on doctors that are outside of the plan, um, as long as they are, uh, you know, they have to be regular doctors and they can even be nutritionists if, as long as they have like whatever designation they are, um, there, if they go on a doctor totally outside the plan, there is a, uh, 
there's a fee there, and I can't remember. It's not too much. It didn't seem like that big a deal. So I thought I would mention that for people that were thinking about healthcare. Check it out. It's called MediShare, and uh, it might be a good alternative or a good thing if you're looking for health insurance. A lot of people have heard about it. I'm sure, like anything else, I'll mention this, and then somebody will, will email me back and say, Oh, Chris, didn't you know that uh, that MediShare is, you know, started by J.D. Rockefeller Jr. in order to further, you know, something? Okay. So now we're seriously going to move into another totally new section. Okay, this is going to be some news. I've just got a few stories here, about four to cover. Some of them are not really newsy kind of stories, just certain topical things that I thought I might hit. One is this article from Prison Planet, Popular Music is the Babylon System. And you know what? I didn't even read the article, but I did get an idea from looking at the article, just just glancing at the article. And that was, uh, it was talking about Lady Gaga and and uh, Katy Perry and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I got to tell you, this is just, it is so bad. That stuff is just extremely bad. It is like, I don't know what's happening, I'm sure. And I don't even watch TV. I don't watch this stuff. But at the same time, I, little bits of it sort of seep into my life in various ways. And when it does, I just feel infected by it. And I wonder if that's what people are like. I mean, I really feel like not watching television sort of in some way shields me from the world. I feel like not a part of the world. But I think that part of the reason I don't feel a part of the world is because I don't watch TV. I think if I started watching TV, I would like join the ranks of the world. And I'm not trying to convict anybody to stop watching TV or the TV is the Babylon system or whatever. That's just what it feels like to me. It's like that I'm like, you know, joining the team, you know, and I'm like plug in to the uh to the matrix there. But anyway, it's really bad. One of the things I wanted to mention about this was um Katy Perry. Uh so she did this video with uh Snoop Dogg and I was thinking Snoop Dogg is, and I've seen pictures of her and stuff, and I'm like, gosh, this is like, it just hits me that it's something evil about it, and I saw the, that she did the video with Snoop Dogg, and I was like, well, I knew that Snoop Dogg had made a deal with the devil, uh, at least, you know, according to him, <laughs> and in his songs talk about it and stuff, and um, and I know that, uh, that you know, it's a very common thing in the music industry or whatever, so I just thought I would check it out. And it's like, I wonder if she made a deal with the devil. And she definitely is on uh, camera saying that she made a deal with the devil. It was kind of, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but also really not. Like, she used to be, like, a Christian artist, and she says in this clip that she just wanted to be, like, the next Amy Grant. And you could tell there was, like, a lot of, uh, a lot of ambition there. Uh, but anyway, she's like, but then I made a deal with the devil, and here I am. And uh, so, I mean, she could have been tongue-in-cheek. I'm sure that could easily be taken that way. But I would say that that's not what I get from, I mean, the, the kind of material and stuff that she's been used to do, that um, I Kissed a Girl uh, song. I mean, it was just the whole thing. Every time I would hear that, it would be like, this is just something is is off here. It's not just that it's morally wrong and it's causing people to go into all kinds of moral whatever. But anyway, so after this, I started looking into, and I've seen this a million times, but it just hit me all over again. The the deals with devils, that the deal deals with the devil that are going on in the music industry. Uh, notably, the rap industry was huge. I never really noticed how many um, 
of the biggest rap names you know are openly saying, "Oh, made a deal with the devil." Yeah, that was how. That's how you do it. And here I am. And so anyway, that's extremely common. I'm sure that you all know that, but if not, Google deals with the devil music, whatever. It's like been there in rock forever and ever and ever. And it just is symptomatic of what is happening to the world and what the and the importance of being separate. Be ye separate, as it says uh, in the Bible. Because it is getting worse and worse and worse. And you don't need me to tell you that. What's the movie that's out right now? Twilight Part 300. And they're going to really just keep doing that stuff. And it is so bad. It is so bad. Uh, vampirism is being like glorified like i mean i would have never guessed vampirism would be like the cool thing to do but that's exactly what it is and it's going to get a lot weirder than vampirism uh, because the world is decaying it says that christians are the salt of the world we are preventing its decay like salt prevents the decay the inevitable decay of meat if you take a salt cured ham and hang it up for a hundred years, it's going to turn to dust because it's going to decay anyway. But the salt is preventing the inevitable. The best thing that we can do is to be working on our individual um, growth in the Lord that we would be different, that we would be noticeably different. And not acting different, but, but being changed by the Lord. And that if you feel that you are not being changed, that you're just struggling to act different, then pray for the change in that. It doesn't, this isn't an act. This isn't something that you need to pretend to do. You don't need to pretend to be good uh, for the Lord. You need to be changed into somebody that wants to do good. And so it's not bad to pray for that. It's not bad to pray that you are not where you need to be. Lord, what do I need to be doing to get where I need to be? I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that he wants you to pray about. If if you're not praying enough, if you're not uh, reading the Bible enough, pray about that, you know. Just just say, you know, help me to desire the word. Help me to, desi- to desire the prayer. I heard a really good um, uh, sermon, I think it was, about prayer. It was about, anyway, it was about addictions. And and they were talking about addictions, being addicted to prayer and addicted to um, the word, sort of like a good and a good addiction, kind of analyzed addictions and things like that. So totally off the subject. And where do we even? I don't even know how I got here. But let's uh, let's continue. Next next news story: Monsanto's profits drop 45% on Roundup woes. And this is the sort of newsy kind of story that I have, the only one really that fits that category. And I just thought this was kind of funny that Monsanto was sort of losing its its powerful grip because of Roundup. The plants are, are have become immune to uh, Roundup, uh, or a lot of them have. And uh, basically how their situation works is that they've genetically modified a lot of seeds to be resistant to their brand of weed killer so that you can spray the seedlings and everything you know as they're growing up uh, with this uh, weed killer and it doesn't hurt the plants but it kills all the weeds around it so basically now the weeds are for the most part resistant to the roundup and uh, they have to weed them the old school way and people are out there with like hoes and and everything that they didn't used to have to do so Monsanto's profits uh, dropped 45%, it appears, and 
I just think it's kind of funny. That's all. The next two stories are from the Voice of the Martyrs, persecution.com. On May 4th, members of the Islamic extremist group al Shab killed an underground church leader in Exandri, the Mudug region in Somalia, according to Compass Direct News. The extremists, who were battling a rival rebel, rebel group for control of the area, were searching house to house for enemy fighters when they arrived at the home of 57-year-old Yusuf Ali Nur, a schoolteacher and underground church leader. They suspected that Yusuf was a Christian, so they shot him multiple times at close range, killing him. Yusuf is survived by his wife and three children ages 7, 9, and 11. Al-Shab, which is linked to Al-Qaeda, has reportedly vowed to rid Somalia of Christianity. In recent, several, in recent months, several Somali Christians have been killed by the group in execution-style murders, including one murder as recently as late March. The Voice of the Martyrs encourages you to praise at, that Yusuf's loved ones will trust in God's unfailing love. Pray that Yusuf's legacy will embolden other believers to walk a path of steadfast, steadfast faith, even amid great adversity. Pray that God will encourage and strengthen members of the Somali church. The next one is from Nigeria. Nigeria is the region that uh, only a few months ago there was just ridiculous mass massacre of uh, hundreds and hundreds of Nigerian Christians. Um, here is the story. May 19th, Muslim Youths destroyed two church buildings and a pastor's house in northern Nigeria, according to the Voice of the Martyrs' context. Dr. Saleh received a phone call from one of the Evangelical Church of West Africa's missionaries, Gambo Mato, serving in a village called Kwasam, Gano State, saying, Muslim youths are now destroying my house and our church buildings. They have set my house and the church ablaze. The Muslim youths burned and destroyed both the new and old churches as well as the pastor's house. They also attacked the Christians in the village with sticks, clubs, knives, and bow and arrows. But the Christians, who are mostly are mostly natives of the place, escaped with their lives, leaving few injured. A voice of the Martyrs contact said, Praise God that no one was killed. Believers in Nigeria think Muslims attacked because locals are converting to Christianity and Muslims do not want churches in the area. This is the latest in ongoing attacks against believers in Nigeria. The Voice of the Martyrs stands with persecuted Christians in Nigeria and encourages you to pray for believers in this area. Pray that in the face of their terrible suffering, God's grace will be sufficient. And that wraps up the news section, so I'm going to move into another section that I'm going to call emails. And basically, this will be reading recent emails that people have sent me asking questions about various topics that I find are applicable to other people as well. So, this first one is not really going to answer her question necessarily, but it is a helpful springboard to talk about another issue that I have been getting a lot of other related emails on, and that is churches. She's saying here... Um, she went to this local church that I used to go to when they were just starting out. I have such mixed feelings about this whole thing. I left because it seemed like they were more, there was more of a vibe of glorifying the pastor and pop culture than God. I sometimes wonder if I'm being too judgmental. I mean, I know people are getting saved that would not go to a, quote, normal church, including one of my family members. But something just doesn't seem right. Don't get me wrong. Some of these songs I have have thoroughly been in my life, but at a church, I wouldn't say this music ever brought out the best to me. And she uh, put a, gave a video to this church doing uh, uh, We Will Rock You, I think, is uh, from Queen. So I kind of take 
I'm taking this to mean, uh, not necessarily for, for her question, but sort of in general, what about these new sort of mega churches and things like that? What's the deal with the pop culture thing in them? What do I think about that, etc.? And my main thing about this is that I think that sometimes these mega churches, unless they're totally apostate, like, you know, Smiley Joe over there at the, uh, and, and I, it, totally apostate probably is, is very wrong for I me. Mean, forgive me. It's probably, I'm talking about what's his name, you know, the thing in Texas, all that stuff. Um, with those, this is another story, but I think, I think I, my, my dad goes to a mega church, uh, closer to uh, a town close to here and I find it to be really edifying the preacher is a very good biblical message it seems like they desire to uh, you know do some really good stuff I also visited a mega church down in Knoxville that we have some friends um, my fiance and I that go to a huge mega church there but I find it to be really really biblical very dedicated to uh, the, the the gospel, and I mean, I think there's sort of two things about megachurches. A lot of times, the reason that they are really big sometimes is because they are really were really doing good and being multiplied because they were doing things like um, preaching the word of God and declaring the whole counsel of God and and doing a lot of the right things was with the reason they became megachurches. They can't take that away from them. And I think I feel like a lot of times uh, they they offer people stuff that they wouldn't be ready for in another season. You know, a megachurch really allows you to sort of blend in, you know, which a lot of people would say, well, you don't want to blend in. You just want to get right in there and start, you know, talking with everybody. And for some people, that's great for me, I, t- I tend to be sort of antisocial and and stuff like that. At first, I kind of wanted, uh, you know, especially when I was just kind of, because it took me a long time to really go to church, even after I was really being changed by the Lord. I, I felt like I, you know, I did a lot of my discipleship and stuff, you know, online and listening to, uh, you know, people and stuff like that. So it took me a while. But anyway, my point in this is that for a season, I think it's great. I think they have a lot of you know, small group stuff that they do there. And for, you know, children and stuff like that, it might be a really great thing. Ultimately, though, I do feel that smaller churches are um, a better way to go. I think there is more direct fellowship and community going on there. But that I don't I don't really have a particular yay or nay for any of those. And, of course, this email is a little bit different. I want just sort of talking to a bunch of different emails about this kind of idea, but with churches and seeking them out and what another kind of question that I got in an email recently was, what do you do about churches that don't know about all this stuff and the new world order and, and all this stuff? That's a really good question. And the question was um, more kind of directed like, what about, um, you know, should I tell my, you know, have, does your pastor know about all this stuff or, you know, all the, and are you going to tell them? And, and part of me was like, you know, I, I never really thought about that. I probably should tell him uh, in some way or another. But then, you know, I've got to tell you, I don't know what happened. But at some point or another, I just really lost my drive to evangelize the New World Order to people. Um, I feel like what I, you know, I feel like people that are truly saved are going to be okay. 
whether they know every detail about everything that's going on or not. That being said, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to tell them or that I wouldn't get into a conversation with them uh, or whatever. I just wouldn't make it like my life's mission, you know, uh, because I, I think that if you turn that around, what well, the way I kind of ultimately look at it is that, you know, these people over here that are saved and, you know, may not know everything about the New World Order or whatever, they're, they're good. I feel like, you know, God's got their back. You know, they're children of the Most High. God's going to let them know what what's going down when they need to know. I mean, all throughout history is promptings of God telling people, hey, you know, get on out of here. Or what about what about those people, um, you know, in in, in what was it, the time of Elisha, when she was like, the, the, the woman there was told to get out of this. There was going to be a famine, and you're going to go over here, and I want you to stay, stay there, and afterwards I want you to come back. I mean, she just had direct revelation from God, you know. She didn't need to know that the intricacies of why there was going to be a famine or whatever. And and don't get me wrong. I don't want you to take it like, Chris was saying not to talk about anything or whatever. I'm not saying that. But what I do look at it is, is you've got this whole world out there that doesn't know anything about God. They don't have God. They don't have anybody to whisper to their ears saying, get out of town or to stay in town or, or, you know, they don't, they need God. And so I kind of look at this vast wor world that they may know everything there is to know about the new world order, but they don't know the one thing that they need to know. So to me, it's sort of wasting time to do that. But then again, now I think this is kind of where I draw the line. I do think that it's important to, especially if you are in a local body of believers that you really think that's uh, what you should be doing. There is, I'm not invalidating that in one Excuse me, in any way. But, um, and I think that it's a really good idea. There's certain things that I feel like are such important things. My question is then, what battle do you pick to fight? I mean, do you, if you sit down with a pastor, what do you say to him? I mean, do you discuss chemtrails? Do you discuss the food, water poisoning, food poisoning? Discuss the New World Order? Do you discuss... Uh, you know, what facet, you know, I mean, there are, I could talk for three days on, on these subjects. I mean, you have to sort of, to me, be guided by the Lord as to what, what needs to be said. And, you know, Satan is telling people about the new world order. That's how a majority of the people out there are getting deceived. Uh, it's a very easy tactic for somebody. I mean, look at the zeitgeist model. That's telling people about the Federal Reserve and 9-11, shattering their paradigm about those two things. Oh, my gosh, the world doesn't exist the way I thought it was. Oh, and by the way, Jesus doesn't exist. You know, it's just it's just not that important. Um, so kind of an off topic there. I'm, it is important. It is important. But it to me right now, and, and, that, and I want to clarify this again, that could be, my particular burden. I have definitely um, a kind of missionary heart, I guess, and I think that that is not what everybody does. Not everybody's a missionary, you know. So, don't, you know, just just take whatever good things I said and leave whatever bad things I said on the on the ground there. Okay, other email here it says. Uh, I'm a moderate drinker. That's no excuse. I know that if I'm doing the right thing, I've actually met bartenders who don't drink or party or go to church, but still bartend. No problems. Do you think this is a problem for me? Okay, this question is, um, so I was, wasn't sure what church to start going to. It's non-denominational. Okay, life church. Thanks for, okay, so this is sort of 
twofold. This individual is talking about uh, he obviously had just you know become a Christian, very much becoming a Christian, asking questions about is it is it the right thing to be uh, bartending? He's in this situation where he's making a lot of money and wondered if it's uh, if it's an okay thing to do. I had a recent question like this too uh, from a very good friend who just got offered a job that is a dream job from this person he always wanted to work for. And, but it's, it's a project that is extremely, uh, obviously dark and, and everything else. And so, and I, I, I would say the th- same thing to both of these individuals. And that is that I have done this kind of thing. And my experience w- with it is it has not been good. Um, in the future, I won't do it because um, I just I just have been I've seen why we shouldn't as sold out believers. You know that doesn't mean that you shouldn't work with people that aren't b- believers. Don't get me wrong, but I think that um, but there is a cert- there's another kind of thing that is it's different. That is when I will do let's say websites for somebody that. I mean, they don't have to be a Christian for me to do their website. But if they have, like I had a, uh, somebody the other day wanted their health website done and they were into Reiki, you know, and I mean, I had to tell them, like, I'm sorry, I don't do, I don't do these, uh, you don't do websites like this. And he, this is why. And, you know, sent him some, uh, some links to uh, the Reiki stuff. And never heard from him again, but um, that there's certain things that you just got to say no to. And there's certain partnerships that you got to say no to. I think that's another kind of line. That, um, But here's the main overarching idea that I think is important. Let the Holy Spirit kind of change you out of it is kind of the way I look at it. Like, um, I think that if you're growing in the Lord and you're seeking the Lord, he will tell you this stuff. Not, not me. You don't need to stop some job that you are doing right now because I said to. But... You should seek the Lord, and this is how he's going to do it. He's going to make you start thinking about it enough. Like, for an example, um, a good a good example is me in, in the band that I was in. Now, keep in mind, I was in a band for three years after I quit drinking. Um, and during that three years is when my entire growth process as a Christian was happening. Now, if somebody would have told me right at the beginning, oh, you can't be in this band uh, now, you're a Christian. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't have necessarily cared necessarily, but it would have been a horrible witness to everybody else that was in the band. Um, for me, when I was in there in that time, as all those guys who are not Christians started uh, started um, noticing the change in me over the years. I mean, it was pretty noticeable. I mean, and that ended up being a really great witness for them. Eventually, it got to the point where. I was just being, I, it was so obvious that I was changed, a changed individual and that the bars that I was in every night, I wasn't a part of that anymore. It, was, it started becoming obvious to me that this wasn't, I couldn't do this for, for much longer. And I began to pray for God to provide a way out that I wouldn't have to be the bad guy or, you know, that he would just provide this easy way for me to leave. And he did exactly that. I mean, that was like one of the most amazing quickly answered prayers that I ever I ever got. It was like this amazing, impossible scenario. Because, I mean, the scenario that I had was like I couldn't think of one way that God could do it in which I could be um, 
out of that without being the bad guy or that it could make it work. But, of course, that was a good example that God can do anything and he can he has basically control over everything. So that's uh that's so my answer I guess to that is um to yeah, to let the Lord change your heart about that, but be ca- careful of partnerships with non-believers and be careful of projects that are obviously uh you know that defame Christ or do anything that is anti-Christ or whatever. Obviously, I would I would counsel against those. Um, and finally, well, they ask here about what about different kinds of churches, denominational churches. Okay. And this is a common question that I get, what church should I go to? And, and I don't really have an answer for you, uh, because, um, but I do have this, this, and I probably should have mentioned this in the first part of the question, which is, uh, what about the mega churches, other kinds of churches? I go to a church now that said something that I liked. Um, we were in the, uh, and they said, we will disappoint you. And I thought that was pretty profound, and I thought that it was really honest, and I think that it's true with all the churches. They are going to disappoint you because they're not perfect. They're not going to agree 100% with everything that you believe, but that being said, you can find one that does fit who you are, that is for you, that is like, you know, that is, you know, has right doctrine and, uh, and, you know, is whatever situation that you're looking for. And I think for me, it took a little bit of searching around. You know, God rewards the diligent, I think. I think that you can go on websites. You can check out their – you get pretty good after a while checking out their statements of beliefs. And if you are pretty up on your own doctrine, you know, you can tell by what they don't say or whatever. You know, like, okay, this one's going to be – this one's going to be crazy. You can weed a lot of them out right from the beginning because of their websites. Um, I've mentioned on this episode or in this show a million times that I think Calvary chapels are a good starting place. They're everywhere. They're non-denominational. They teach uh, verse by verse through the Bible, so their doctrine is mostly uh, right on. And I think if they have right on doctrine, they're often not going to uh, be crazy. One of the hard things about going to new churches is that, uh, and we noticed this as we were uh, doing a lot of searching them out we were always sort of on our on our seat waiting for them to say something crazy some heretical thing and then you know okay this seems okay they haven't opened the bible the entire church maybe they're, and then they're going to say something nuts and then you're like okay gotcha they they believe in the serpent seed or something like that <laughs> no i don't think anybody is quite that heretical at least on the surface of uh and they would say on sundays um maybe they are i'm sure they're out there but anyway you know what i'm saying it's hard to be on edge waiting for them to say something that's incredibly anti. And so it's hard to trust them to put, to be comfortable to say, okay, you guys are normal. I can deal with this. Let's, you know, I can put my kids in your Sunday school or whatever. And that's a hard thing to do. And I think that's why I do recommend Calvary chapels is because they are, uh, very doctrinal. They are, even though they're not a denomination, they are sort of well, um, you know, looked after by, by the whole thing. If they are getting crazy and stuff, uh, then you know there's there's sort of ways to sort of deal with that. So I would check it out. I'm not guaranteeing that they aren't going to be crazy or whatever. The main thing is, is that it's sort of it's a non-denominational that is a little safer uh, because from my experience we would go visit a lot of non-denominational churches and what I found about them is that they were so varied. You know because 
you know, you could be non-denominational. So some of them were just totally apostate. The craziest ones were non-denominational. They had no checks and balances, nobody to say, oh, my gosh, what are you guys doing? Uh, but at the same time, some of the other the other best ones that we visited that we didn't go to for various reasons that were uh, but they were still incredibly great churches. They were non-denominational too, so it's just it's just a lot of variation there if there's no real checks and balances. So with Calvary chapels, it's it's non-denominational, but it's also uh, there's checks and balances. And in my experience, they really love the Lord and seem to be very genuine. And it's real casual. Um, you don't have to dress up. It's you feel like um, comfortable. So, so anyway, that is that, and that is the first show of Nowhere to Run 2.0. Hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at nowhere to run 1984 at gmail.com, and I encourage you again to go to the website and check out all the new stuff that's going on there at nowhere to run radio.com. Thanks, and we'll talk to you very very soon.